In the international arena, none of the representatives of Islamic Republic are representatives of the people of Iran. They all are, in one way or another, representatives of the supreme leader. Hello, this is Somaya Dehban, a devoted Dutchified Iranian whose life is quite interwoven with politics. I'm the creator and host of Your Native Analyst, a podcast for anyone who has ever wondered what is really going on in Iran and the Middle East, and how on earth does that affect us in Europe and the Netherlands. Join me every second Tuesday of the month to hear about the reality of life in that part of the world. Now, let's unveil this episode of Your Native Analyst. Welcome to the third episode of Your Native Analyst. Thank you for showing up and tuning in. Since I started with my podcast series in October, I have recorded 10 episodes. Because beside Your Native Analyst, as you may know, I have three other podcasts, each of which have their own dedicated newsletter like Your Native Analyst. When I started these podcast series, I wanted to show the interconnectedness of different subjects and how addressing one issue requires addressing several other issues. So to keep you updated with the other podcast and show the interconnectedness between each of these topics, on quarterly basis, I share with you a summary of what has been discussed in other podcasts and how they are related to this one. In this episode, I talk about the lack of independence in Iran's judiciary, legislature, and executive powers, and how all of them are controlled by the supreme leader. In the previous episode, we talked about Iran's political system and how it is a complex combination of various different political systems, from democracy to theocracy to republic to competitive authoritarian. This complex combination has given Iran's political system the appearance of the required separation between the three pillars of democracy. As we experience it in the Netherlands, at least the separation between these pillars is an essential element of rule of law, and it is enshrined in our constitution. By Iranian constitution, these pillars are separated. However, there is an extra layer that makes them all connected and therefore dependent. The extra layer is the presence of the supreme leader. Let's break it down to the process of election where the heads of these pillars are basically selected. In general, when there is an election in Iran at local or national level, the candidates need to pass through a selection committee, which is called the Guardian Council. The members of this council evaluate the candidate's legitimacy for being on the list based on what is stated in the constitution and approved by Sharia law. This may not seem to be problematic at first. However, since the constitution is rather discriminatory towards many people, it creates a problem. 
For instance, based on the Constitution, any elected representative should be a believer in Shia Islam, and this discriminates against all other religious minorities. Moreover, the members of this Guardian Council are directly and indirectly appointed by the Supreme Leader. The Guardian Council has 12 members. Six of them are the so-called faqih, means they are experts in Sharia law and are conscious of the present needs and the issues of the day. These six members are directly appointed by the Supreme Leader. No election whatsoever. Directly appointed. The six others are Muslim jurists who are specialized in different areas of law and are nominated by the chief justice or head of judiciary and elected by the parliament. The chief justice is again directly appointed by supreme leader and the members of the parliament are approved by the same guardian council. So basically, directly or indirectly, the members of the Guardian Council are appointed by the Supreme Leader. As mentioned briefly, the Chief Justice in Iran is also directly appointed by the Supreme Leader. This means that the Supreme Leader can remove him at any point and can make the Chief Justice to overturn any conviction. When it comes to the legislature pillar, all the members of the parliament have already been pre-selected through the Guardian Council. There have been many occasions that former members of the parliament have not passed the pre-selection round, meaning that for one time they did pass the pre-selection and for another time they did not. Sometimes this change was related to the stance they took during the time at the parliament and not always because they were standing up to the corruption or towards the inequality or anything in this line, but simply because that they could not bring any added value for the supreme leader. In Persian language, they are called mohreye suhte, or in translation to English, it can be said they are burned players. Like a spy that his or her identity is revealed, so they cannot be used anymore and therefore they have to be tossed away. So again, all the members of the parliament are indirectly selected by the supreme leader through the pre-selection of guardian council. The head of the parliament or speaker of the parliament is selected by the members of the parliament for one year. But again, this is an indirect selection by the Supreme Leader. And lastly, the head of executive branch or the president is also pre-approved by Supreme Leader through the Guardian Council. This pre-selection and approval trickles down to every single representative position in Iran. From city councils to mayors to governors, the Supreme Leader also appoints the head of national TV and radio stations. And as you may know, there are no independent TV and radio stations in Iran. Also, whatever movie or book or theater or any other form of art that is created and produced in Iran should receive a certificate from the Ministry of Culture and Islamic Guidance to get the permission to be recorded and broadcasted.
So anything you see on the screen is already pre-approved by the ministry whose minister, like other ministries, is directly or indirectly appointed by the supreme leader. The supreme leader also appoints the head of the army, the head of IRGC or Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. What can be taken away from this information for us as the West is that in the international arena, none of the representatives of Islamic Republic are representatives of the people of Iran. They are, in one way or another, representative of the supreme leader. The change of the president, the change of the nuclear deal negotiator, the change of secretary of state, none of them are representative of a change. They are merely new messengers of the supreme leader. And the question we need to ask ourselves is that, do we want to negotiate with a supreme leader like Ali Khamenei? And if yes, what do we put at the forefront of our negotiations? Access to nuclear weapons, economic sanctions, or human rights? Now that we talked about the lack of independence of the three pillars of democracy in Iran and how every representative of Iran is in essence only representative of the supreme leader, let's talk about the topics that I presented in my three other podcasts. Every first Tuesday of the month, you can listen to Scale Your Impact, where I talk about my PhD research at Rotterdam School of Management. The topic of my research is enhancing the impact of cross-sector partnerships to accelerate the collective progress towards achieving development goals by 2030. In my PhD research, I focus on three catalysts for accelerating the progress towards 2030 agenda. The first catalyst is the positioning and motives of civil society organizations at the local and international level, as not merely implementers of international development, but also as agents of change that play an active role in the balanced society. This catalyst is also based on the approach of rights and responsibilities, which I discussed in the first episode of Your Native Analyst. Our development aid approaches are at best rights-based, and I believe without the inclusion of responsibility in our approaches, we would never achieve the true sustainability. The same can be said in our political negotiations and representations. My other podcast that comes out every third Tuesday of the month is called Your Funding Network, where I explore innovative fundraising for community-based activities and discover how we can exit development aid and move towards a truly sustainable international development sector. By the description of it, I bet you feel the connection it has with my PhD research. Both of them are related to sustainable development. In the first episode of this podcast, I talked about my mother's legendary work as a community-based fundraiser and how collectively, together with her neighbors, local shop owners and local authorities, she built one of the biggest sports centers in her community. 
In the second episode of your funding network, I talked about six main questions or issues that needs to be addressed for every fundraising effort. From understanding the meaning of fundraising to whose responsibility is fundraising and where do we find the money. I also talked about fundraising methods and what needs to be in place before we raise funds effectively. And lastly, how to take our effort to the next level. The connection between this podcast series and your native analyst is that the same with international development, any political development or change needs to have the community at its core. I advocate for a different approach for the international community towards Iran. And at the same time, I advocate for a different approach by the people of Iran towards themselves and their so-called representatives. One without the other is an attempt in vain. On every fourth Tuesday of the month, you can listen to Your Curated Kin, where I delve into the personal side of my story about being in exile, being a mother, and being an equal partner. I also share about my creative work from poetry and stories of my upbringing to Persian fusion food and handcrafts. In the first episode of this podcast series, I share why and how I ended up living in exile and how the community with whom I had no blood relation became my safety network and my family. And again, how my liberal values has impacted me in taking the responsibility to build my network and how a change should come from within. In the second episode, I talked about how we can close the gender gap by valuing parenthood as a social function. And this is exactly how the UN Convention on Women's Rights, SIDA, has described motherhood. In this episode, I also shared an anecdote of how my younger son perceives relations. For him, the blood relations, the ethnic or religious backgrounds are not an integral element. The connections and the relations we make with each other are at the core of our verbinding, which is the Dutch term for interconnectedness. And the link between this podcast series and the others are, again, at the point of interconnectedness. At an individual level, as I mentioned, in your curated kin. At community level, as I mentioned, in your funding network. And at national and international level, as I mentioned, in your native analyst and scale your impact. This was the last episode of Your Native Analyst in 2021. I want to take the opportunity and thank you again for tuning in every second Tuesday of the month and listening to my podcast. And if you're celebrating the Christmas holidays, I want to wish you a wonderful time with your loved ones. And if 1st of January is the beginning of your new year, I want to say Happy New Year. May this year be a year of thriving and peace for you and your loved ones and your organization. I feel quite blessed and privileged to have the opportunity to celebrate the new year twice a year. Once on 1st of January, and I have been celebrating this occasion for the last 16 years since I moved to the Netherlands, and once on the first day of spring, which is more or less about 21st of March. 
and it's the time that day and night are of equal length. This celebration is based on my Persian heritage. In the March 2022 episode of Your Curated Kin, I will talk about this celebration in more detail. And if you want to hear more about another Persian tradition, listen to the December episode of Your Curated Kin to know how Iranians prepare for winter. In each of these episodes, I also talk about how we can analyze the context to be prepared for what the world may bring us. What was the unveiling moment of this episode for you? Did you hear about something that impacted your view on the reality of life in that part of the world and how it impacts us on this side of the world? I hope you gained a deeper insight into the complexity of politics and how it affects us regardless of our regions. Want to hear more? Sign up for my thematic newsletters to get notified about each episode and more. You can do this by going to my website, somayedehban.com newsletters. Until the next unveiling, Petrut. <laughs>